0: Welcome to Canada's podcast, Sharon. Great to meet you, uh, and welcome to Canada's podcast. Um, as I ask everyone, just so everyone knows who the heck you are, you know, tell us a bit about your journey so far. You know, why you started it, what you're doing now, uh, uh, and what your future might be, basically.
1: Well, thank you. And, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's an about... honor to be here and be with you. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to and, and just cut me off because sometimes I'm rattle on uh, okay. about my journey because it's been an interesting one. Uh, I'll, I won't start it too far back, but uh, I, I had as an early child, I, I had an interest in mathematics and uh, I was I I grew up in the US and uh, there was a standardized test you took at fifth grade. And I scored 10th grade on it and level. And then pretty much I didn't listen to other people. I just said, I know I'm good at this. So I I did have some good teachers in high school and junior high, and they encouraged me and then on to university. But it was just like I felt really comfortable in my skin Mm -hmm. with this. Mm -hmm. And they Mm said, well, you know, you're a woman. How did you get mathematics? I said, well, it's because I really did enjoy it. I I, mm. I liked it. Uh, and so when I graduated from graduate school with a master's degree in mathematics, I was a little offended because people offered me jobs to go back to school and become an engineer. So <laughs> I said, I'm a mathematician, don't you know? <laughs> we really know how to create formulas instead of just memorize them things like that. Right. And, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was thrilled when I found a job. That I could use my mathematics, and I worked as a cryptologic mathematician with the U.S. government, and that meant I made codes and broke codes, encryption codes. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was a wonderful time. I spent six years there, uh, able to work on really interesting projects. And then my last couple of years there, I became a liaison with the Department of State, and I dealt with a lot of information security companies. That mm-hmm. were doing uh, this type of same work, but for the commercial in the commercial world, and I was introduced to a company in Silicon Valley, and I decided when I was at, the, at with the U.S. government, I I knew I had the best job. That last job I had there was the best job. It fit my <laughs> personality. I loved the travel, and uh, and then when my boss's boss told me, "You're going to have to leave here to move up." That leave this office to move up in this position to move up. I said, "Well, I'm going to move on." So I decided I was going to put my, you know, trust in myself, and I went to the Silicon Valley company, and they said, "What do you want to do, Sherry?" Because they're an information security company, so I could do certain technical things with them. I wrote a couple of algorithms for them and things like that. But I really wanted the business side. Uh, I wanted to be on the develop business <laughs> side. And so I said, I want to be ahead of Asia Pacific and, and South America. And I, I spoke Spanish. I lived in Costa Rica for a year. And so they said, yes, go ahead, do it. They did, I mean, it's it was so interesting because they just, it's just that uh, they they never said, and this was a male-dominated company, but they never said, well, and why do you want to do that? And you know, they didn't question me, they just let me do mm-hmm. it. It was, it was fantastic. I dealt with 13 different countries in uh, Asia Pacific. I finally had to give up Latin America because it was just too much for me. Uh, and we were growing so quickly. I was setting up distribution channels, working with partners in Asia Pacific. So I really, truly enjoyed it. The work, uh, mm-hmm. I fought hard uh, for my people, especially the women who worked for me because the company, uh, the Silicon Valley, Culture at that time was quite toxic. I could handle that. I could stand up for myself. I was strong enough, a strong enough woman. I really believed in that. I had a strong background in, in, in the technology, but I saw how other people were treated at the company. And I made my mind up that I wanted to go be at a company where I could influence the culture. I wanted to make sure that everybody was respected. And Mm -hmm. so when I had an opportunity to come to Canada and become a part of a startup where I would be at a VP level, then I said, why, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be at the management level and to influence the culture. Mm.
0: Interesting. So what made you take the next step into, you know, entrepreneurship and running your own thing?
1: Yes. Again, you know, it's it was uh, I didn't get to I didn't achieve what I wanted to with the, with the company I came Canada for. Uh, I I I was I was one of the senior managers, but I wasn't the founder. And uh, I realized that to really influence the culture, it needed to be my company. So when my uh when my late husband and I, we were both uh I was just consulting for BlackBerry. BlackBerry acquired Certicom in 2009. Mm-hmm. I was doing other work. I was, I, was I, I mentioned to you, I was VP of MasterCard, electronic mm-hmm. commerce for MasterCard. I worked mm-hmm. with several of the banks for information security. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was working for BlackBerry at, on a, as a contractor. And in 2012, uh, my late husband Scott left BlackBerry, and then I did too. And we decided that we wanted to start a new company, the two of us. And we mm-hmm. wanted to take the technology that we developed at Certicon, and that's in mm-hmm. every cell phone today, uh, mm-hmm. and, and take it to the driverless car and the, uh, mm-hmm. the autonomous vehicle. And mm-hmm. so we did. And we as uh, soon as people heard that we were out there, we we got we got called by the U.S. Department of Transportation saying, hey, we want you to be our security advisor for our new mandated crash avoidance system. that's using." Got Vanstone's technology, so. <laughs> but the reason I did it was um, again, it comes back to my why, and my why changes. It wasn't that I've had the same why, but I've always had the belief of the core values of of respect for other people and the culture. So, so I was able to achieve it with my own company, and and then Scott passed away in two thousand fourteen. I continued to run the company. I built up. It was absolutely a beautiful culture. Grounded uh, team. It was mm-hmm. it was really uh, pretty awesome. Uh, however, I, in 2017, I was given an opportunity to sell the company to Robert Bosch uh, mm-hmm. Corporation, and mm-hmm. and I chose Robert Bosch because they were a private corporation owned by 97 percent or ish kind of thing it was owned by a foundation. Mm-hmm. And that foundation built schools and hospitals around the world with their with their profit, That's so I, again it, it comes back to why did uh, i chose i i'm sorry I didn't keep it and make it into a you know a unicorn with uh, under the Canadian banner, but mm-hmm. I felt it was a good time, especially when I was mm-hmm. working and the technology was for the automobile industry, and okay. a startup in that industry, it's very difficult because of the TCC, the terms and conditions of every contract is quite onerous for a startup to take mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I needed to be a part of a bigger company like Robert Bosch, uh, which mm-hmm. is, was a tier, number one, tier one provider in the automotive space. So, okay. uh, so we were doing the security for the automobile and it was being adopted. And uh, I, that was one of the reasons. It would it would have been better if I could have just stayed, kept it and 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 grow. Well, but I, so I you, talked to people. I talked to people, and they just said you can't get around it in this uh, uh, in that in this industry.
0: So I think you, know, you can. So, yeah, so you sold it. I mean, you should make some money out out of it. Yes. Well, why not say that's okay? I'm. I've done well. Let's let's. Yep. Let's and, wind wind down a bit. Let's let's do some and, and I really al- algorithms I for fun. I thought I thought I, I, thought I could know. do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could do it. I really did. Yeah. And yeah. um uh, when, when we found it, uh, of course I was a uh, shareholder of Certicom early days. I did very well with it. My husband, late husband, did very well with it too. So when we founded uh trust board innovation, we did we did it to give the money away. So mm. when I sold uh found, I mean, to trust point, mm-hmm. I gave most of the money away to hospitals and, and universities and things like that. And, and that was great. It was, that's what my husband wanted to do. I wanted to do. I had a, I have a lifestyle. I can maintain it on the money I have. I don't need a jet. I don't need this and that. So giving the money away was our priority. So when I sold the company, I stayed on uh, a year for the transition. And uh, I retired March 31st, 2018. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was it. So now I'm going to do the things that I wanted to do, uh, which is travel, play out more tennis, go to Florida for six months, go <laughs> see my family who's all uh, live in the U.S. still. Um, mm-hmm. But my sister, who's in education, uh, she wanted to write a book about my late husband, Scott Vanstone.
0: Right. And
1: because he had this ability to go into a high school, and even before the young students knew their, that they had the the talent, he knew they had the talent,
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: he would bring them to the University of Waterloo, and then he would mentor them, and then they would finish their undergrad, and then he would take them on for graduate work. So they got their they they would see their master's degrees and PhDs under him, and 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 men and women he mentored and and supervised and she wanted to write a book about that that ability to do that and she named it profound impact and so she was doing all this research on the, for the book talking to his, you know his former students his academic children and then when i retired she called me up and said i'm sending everything to you for you to continue the book i didn't say anything at the time but i i contemplated and thought about it. It wasn't me. It wasn't my idea. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I think it was a great idea for her, but not for me. So I struggled with it for a while and then said, you know what, this isn't just about Scott Vanstone. This is about the University of Waterloo, Math faculty and and their students and uh, all the other researchers. So Mm -hmm. why don't we tell the story That story, which is a dynamic story and not a static story, which is an ongoing and still building story. And it's a global story. Mm -hmm. And it touches almost every industry. I met this one person who graduated from the University of Waterloo. And he was running Louis Vuitton, you know, the the designer. And it's like, okay, you have a background in mathematics. You have a degree in mathematics. And who would have thought you would ever be? And, you know, in New York City doing this, or in Paris doing this. So uh, I think all these stories, and those—that's not a—I mean, there's much, much more impactful stories than that. So I thought let's 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 build a platform that we can use to connect people, connecting people, great people to do do great things. That's that's our why, and mm-hmm. let's also visualize the impact, not just. Uh, we want to we want to measure impact, but let's visualize it through graphs and different ways of telling the story, not just through mm-hmm. a bunch of data. So it was a data play and it was a visualization of that data. And um, mm-hmm. so that's how we started. Profound Impact started and we had a product called Connection Impact. We still have it. Uh, and then we worked with our and we still were selling to universities. And in particular their alumni engagement group mm-hmm. uh to 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 get the data and even the faculty students So we d- we dealt with the researchers too about their mm-hmm. impact so uh that product uh as far as we saw the product and we thought it would it would have a better uptake than it did and then we found we just couldn't what well, we could charge for uh charge for it and what would uh uh, how much it cost us to set up uh, each university was more than um, than than we could. It wasn't scalable. I'll just say that. Yeah. it wasn't scalable. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we, but we but during that time we're talking to our customer all the time and they said, but you know, there's another way of telling our stories. Why don't we look at our programming, such as the University of Waterloo co-op? Mm-hmm. Now, the University of Waterloo co-op again is a great impactful story. One of the mm-hmm. first universities to do to to bring on this model and it's been quite successful so so that was great we we, talk, we listened to them and they but they told us we don't have any feedback loop our students graduate from co-op and and then graduate from the university we're not the alumni office we're the co-op office. we don't have a feedback loop how are we doing how are they are they is it's uh, our, is our program preparing them correctly, especially for minorities and, mm-hmm. and maybe some uh, minorities and, and majorities, uh, but minorities and women and men, how they differ? How are they different? So that's what we did. We developed a product called Career Impact, and we uh, we looked at uh, individuals, you know, 10, 20 years out. Where are they at now? And then we got down to the granularity of how how quickly women are promoted versus men. Uh, you know, what are the what are the roadblocks? Um, and so that that product has been been quite interesting. And, and the results that we've seen from it have been has been tremendously uh, insightful. And that's what the customer gets out of it. They get the, the actionable insights. So they can say now I can we're going to tweak this program to, this way and that way. And we work with Shad Canada. You probably know Shad. Ed, oh, no uh, Shad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. yeah. So
1: yeah. we worked with them and looked at their alumni and where they're at. And again, for the same thing, with with the with the purpose of being uh, of providing uh, actionable insights into their programming. And and but we, and we still have that product. We still have these customers we're supporting. We again we use public data. And if you don't want to be found, you you're not found. <laughs> so we can't. We couldn't get to a hundred percent. We can't find a hundred percent of the people.
0: So Sherry, you know, you, you've had such an interesting career. You've been in the safest job, you know, in, in government security, into, you know, new ventures with the risk that 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 that, that, that takes. Uh, you know, you should know this. You know, you you you're a mathematician. You're you're, you're great algorithms, uh, are entrepreneurs wired differently.
1: I think they they are. They definitely are, and I do believe that there's a specific gene uh, mm-hmm. that that because they are risk takers, and that was one of the things that when I when I I didn't see it as a risk though. I I, I even when I went to California and I left that wonderful job and and mm-hmm. with the U.S. government and I went to California. I knew I could do this. I knew I'd be successful. I said, I'll work really hard. I'll be successful. And, uh, but I wasn't writing the checks for everybody else. Right. That, that was that. And then when I decided to do other things, like come to Canada, leave the U S come to Canada. uh, I said, you know what? Uh, If, if, if I end up not, not working out in this job, I'll find another job. Even if it's flipping hamburgers, I'll be the best, person that's ever flipped a hamburger uh because I know my that work ethic and uh, but when I when when you are paying the payroll uh it is it's quite uh, it, it's, it, it's it's <laughs> it's scary at times and yeah. um uh not in the sense of a horror movie but it's just like you get a little anxious and you go okay how are we gonna do this uh how am I gonna how are we going to be successful in this? And we oh, yeah. pivot, you know, many of us pivot. and and oh, yeah. what I was telling you about profound impact was we we just we had two products and we just pivoted to a new product called research impact. we It can scale. it's uh, we we have some major universities, Wilford-Maurier, University of Waterloo, yeah. uh, using our product, piloting our product now. Yeah. but but you've got to say, okay, I came up with this idea, and I like the idea. but the market isn't what I thought it would be. So you have to be flexible. You have to be agile, and we all know that. You have to be resilient. You have to be persistent. And you really do have to say, I can do this. You have to believe in yourself yeah, because right. every day is a challenge. It's a challenge sure. in many different ways. It could be new customers and growing and expanding. Now I have to hire more people and help finding good people. So, or finding new customers or, you know, all of these, every day, there's a challenge being an entrepreneur. So I do think you have to go in it with your eyes wide, wide open. And I don't mean to discourage anyone from doing it because it's wonderful and it's rewarding and your impact can be tremendous. And you can build a, a company that has the cultures and core values and, and that has a social, that that you have social responsibilities. And mm-hmm. you, you take those on as a, as a corporation. And as a team, so yes, I think we are wired differently, but I think there's if most people have have some type. Maybe they, maybe there's degrees of entrepreneurialism, in everyone.
0: So we're just going to have time for a couple more things. You know, I I, I would like to talk about mentorship, <clears throat> and you know, we we we've all had mentors on our way. Uh, you know, what's the best piece of advice that you've received, you know, that you carry around with you and you, you you know, you go back to it and back to it and back to it because it it, it stuck there. Um, I think that kind of thing can be very helpful for others.
1: Uh, my one thing, and I have to tell myself this too, I remind myself, ask, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you want it. I I get asked a lot to man, to be a mentor and, mm-hmm. in an unstructured way. And I say, let's meet once a month or meet every six months or whatever. And I've done that too. I've asked people, maybe didn't call it a mentor so if I just call them up and say, you know, Steve, I I really would like to 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 bounce some things off of you. Right. Right. And especially, yeah. When I was selling my company, I wanted to reach out to somebody who'd done it before. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I can talk to lawyers and I can talk to, you know, investment bankers a lot, but I wanted to talk to somebody that could help me give. So I asked and they and they really help. Yes. People say yes, they do. There may be people who say, you know, honestly, I just don't have the time right now, but I never had that. And I'm not asking a lot. I'm not saying I. So I think it's that is that ask. Don't be afraid of that. No, if you if you see somebody that you want to learn from. I, like Linda Hasselbrass, who I highly respect and you probably know her. Uh, I just, I did ask, but I asked a little late. <laughs> if I would asked earlier, because <laughs> Linamar is a, is a tremendous automotive parts company, right? Yeah, right. And I could have possibly kept my company Canadian if I had, if I would have no, no, thought true. of that earlier. Yeah. And I knew her. and. I met her in meetings and all of that, but I just didn't do it until later. And I'd already gone down the path I couldn't reverse. And it was just like, why didn't I, why didn't I just ask her her opinion? You know, I couldn't give her details, but I could just, you know, say, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? What advice would you give me? Because you're president's CEO of a company and, and I didn't ask her and Again, I think that's just. Just don't be afraid to reach out to the people, and yes. if that's they can help, really, you, ask really, them. Yeah, ask really them good. who who could who could help.
0: That's me. Really good, really good yeah. input. That's really good input. Yeah. So, one more thing: uh, if you had to just pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be, and why? <laughs> Persistent. Persistent seems to go Um, with entrepreneurship, actually. Yes, yeah,
1: and I, yeah, that that that's almost you know synonymous with it. Yes, it's. And why do I choose that word? I could choose work ethic because I really am a hard worker. I could I could say lucky because I've been lucky. As you we talked about earlier, uh, there is to be successful. You need to. You, you need a lot of things to line up. Uh, but the thing is that you can help line them up by the people that you meet and asking for help. Uh, but I I there's other words I could. I' stubborn. yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, other words, but persistent, I'll, I'll stay with that one. Sounds better.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, but that's been really terrific meeting you. Uh, how, you know, and some good stuff in there. How can listeners get a hold of you uh, if they if they want to? What's the best way to to connect with you?
1: Uh, they can they can reach me through LinkedIn. I don't. I mm-hmm. my company has other social uh, yeah. medias, but myself is LinkedIn, and okay. uh, or they go to Profound Impact's website and just uh, send you know ask to.
0: A lot of people do. They
1: send an email through the the info at at, at profoundimpact.com, and they say, I want to connect with Sherry, and it comes to me. It it won't get to me.
0: That's great. Sherry, thank you so much for coming on the Canada's podcast. It's been, been a real delight to meet you.
1: Thank you. Great meeting you, Phil.